happening on a special edition of the Beautiful Game Network Roundtable, we've got you covered. Uh, I am your host this time, maybe for always. We don't really know yet. We'll get there. Uh, Evan Valella of Eastern Conference Confidential, which is the first only best podcast covering the Eastern Conference United Soccer League. I am joined by some friends, but it's not my usual host of friends. I have more, I know, surprise. Uh, first of all, from, uh, I guess we'll go distance to me. Uh, just across the way, uh, my fellow uh, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania resident, uh, Josh Brokaw, from the uh, Mongols podcast. Uh, to be fair, I don't really know Evan. I don't want to call him my friend. but uh... <laughs> we're, we're friends in the sense that we're on the same network of podcasts and we like USL soccer. I suppose. I'm checking. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, from... Outside of, literally outside, he camps out in a tent of the USL offices in Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, it's Matt from Unused Subs. Uh, hi, it's uh, nice to actually talk to you and see you for the first time ever. We've never done this before. Never in the slightest. I did not have you on at all to preview the Tampa Bay Rowdies two times. You did a great job on, but if I did, it would have been great. It just, you know, didn't work out due to uh, editing, <laughs> which, hooray, editing. <laughs> And finally, um, a, a late addition to the podcast, but he's currently recording this at the earliest time possible in the country, except for we've lived a state over from the Rising of One podcast, which covers a team, check my magnet, Phoenix Rising FC in the Eastern Conference of the USL. Uh, it's Dominic. Yeah, other Eastern Conference, but you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. East, East to well, Sacramento Republic, I guess, would be... That's true, that's true. Okay. But uh, crashing the party, kind of like Phoenix Rising, is crashing the USL party. So. <laughs> okay, sure. Did you? Is this like, is there a pop-up party? Is the star of the party only playing one every four games? I'll stop now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know uh, Arizona's a state of transplants, so we just, uh, we just open all of our borders except to the south. You know, everyone's <laughs> welcome except for that one. Good man, I like you already. Um, so, gentlemen, uh, if you don't know, which that would be impressive, uh, we're here to talk the United States Open Cup, which is the uh, the the domestic cup uh, uh, in the United States. Uh, I'll just give you a little bit of a rundown, not so much for you guys, but just so you know, people that might not be familiar know what we're talking about. Um, so, I guess I'll start for listeners that might know about soccer in in England. This is basically our FA Cup. Um, it is pretty much every team in the country except for the MLS2 teams, which is why I'm here, because I don't really care about the contest on a personal level. Um, gets a bit in this cup. It's a single elimination. It kind of starts in the spring with all the amateur teams that sort of weed themselves out, but we're right in the thick of things right now in the summer. Um, it's uh, I'm just going to call it the Open Cup from here on out. It has a couple names. It's technically the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, named after the founder of the MLS and the NASL, because, let's face it, even our ownership in soccer can't have promotion and relegation. Um, 
But just some uh, some interesting tidbits for you gentlemen to uh, to kind of chew on before we get into the, the opening question. Um, no lower division team has won the U.S. Open Cup since the Rochester Rhinos in 1999. No lower division team has reached the final since the Charleston Battery in 2008 or reached the semis since Richmond did it in 2011 and uh, FC Dallas won last year's uh, U.S. Open Cup. Their second, which they were last known as the Dallas Burn when they won it, uh, they beat the Revolution 4-2 in final. Uh, guys, I, I guess just kind of your opening thoughts so everyone sort of gets where you're coming from. Yeah, Dom, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I do follow a lot of soccer in Europe. I know that the magic of the cup does exist in certain places. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of new to it here. And from my brief experience, it just seems like it's uh, very tough for these lower division teams to get far, as you were alluding to. And uh, we kind of saw that when my team lost to the San Francisco Deltas in round three. Uh, I will get to ranting about it later, but I'll let you guys do some talking for now. So for myself, um, I feel like the Cup is kind of a special time for soccer fans because you don't really get to see it in other sports in America where you see all these different leagues playing against each other and you get these great David and Goliath stories. Um, and that's that's kind of like the joy of the cup. It's just these upsets that, uh, unfortunately, if you're on the other end of it, it, it feels terrible. But uh, being able to watch it and see the drama play out is just great fun. And, and so off of that, um, you know, I, in the last couple of years, even we've seen a bunch of first time kind of kind of derby matchups. So you had. Um, the New York Cosmos of the NASL played New York City FC for the first time in the Open Cup. That was a, a crazy game. Um, we're about to see Columbus and Cincinnati touch each other for the first time, which should be a, a, a hell of a game. Um, and, and then I guess on the flip side of that, you have the teams that sort of end up playing each other year after year after year. Um, you know, like your your Union and Harrisburg City Islanders always play each other. Um, you know, a lot of the teams up kind of in, in this northeastern corridor seem to, to play each other a lot all the time with, with pretty much the same result. Uh, I'll, I'll hop on that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, and kind of going back to the, the, the first part, the Cup's been fun. I mean, we've had some fun in, in Tampa Bay with it. Seattle's come to town. We've beaten them here the year we uh, coming off the NASL, NASL championship, and we were having a, uh, kind of a crappy year uh, to, to do that. And one of uh, it was one of Obafemi Martin's first appearances for the club. That was a fun time. Uh, I've always enjoyed it as a chance to get to see some of the other clubs came in last year when we were still NASL. Uh, Cincinnati came to town, and that was a fun matchup for the for the week there. Um, but it seems now, especially with this this kind of regional separation, which makes perfect sense for these lower uh, clubs that don't have the funds mm-hmm. to travel as much. Uh, but it is. It, it's kind of the uh, – you're getting a lot of the repeating things every year. Uh, at the same time, going back to – you mentioned the rivalries. I mean, that's where Tampa Bay and Orlando really got started. When Tampa Bay was NASL and Orlando was USL, there was a friendly mm-hmm. here or there to, uh, to, to stretch the meaning of the word friendly. <laughs> Uh, but it's been kind of the, the, the competitions in the Cup that, that started this rivalry off, and had we managed to win uh, you know, the, our last round, we would have been going there again tomorrow night, but uh, it's not meant to be. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of see both sides of it, and, and, and I have a, a couple different feelings about it that I'll talk about in a little bit. 
Josh, were you gonna, were you gonna say anything? Or oh no. Um, I mean, I, I guess this this kind of rings into the meat of the whole conversation. What we want to talk about is uh, the the cons of it. I feel like a lot. Of, it's easy to come up with the, the good reasons, but there's a couple of cons that we found mm-hmm. with the USL Cup. Or not USL Cup, <laughs> with the US <laughs> Open Cup. US Open <laughs> yeah. Cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and how I, it I guess, Yeah, let me, let me just kind of throw one of those out there, and I, I, this might be uh, a nice way to, to sort of figure out where everyone is in, in current state. So uh, all of our teams, all of our club teams, play in a little league called the United Soccer League. Um, sometimes I think what you'll see is teams maybe kind of like a like a St. Louis, for example, this weekend, who sort of, uh, I'll just use sellout in a, in a weird way, to, you know, they'll play a weaker team on the weekend to play a stronger team midweek because the team midweek is the Chicago Fire coming in the tail. So I guess what I'll ask all three of you, and then you can answer individually or all at one time, and I'll figure out a way to make that work. Um... If I told you that you were to make the semifinals, the Riverhounds will make the semifinal, the, the, the Rowdies will make the semifinal, the Phoenix will make the semifinal. Um, so you beat, you know, like two or three maybe, we'll call it, MLS teams along the way, but you finish outside of the playoffs in USL, would you take that, that offer? Yeah, no. Dom, go for it. Uh, I guess I'll, yeah, I guess I'll go first. Um... And my perspective might be very different from all of yours because your teams are more uh, long-term, established USL sides, lower division sides. Um, Phoenix and its former iteration, Arizona United, has never made the USL playoffs. This is our fifth season now, if you count Phoenix United that first year. Uh, So we've we've never made the playoffs. And, you know, for some teams, the, the Cup can be a bigger deal. But for us, the focus was always on making the playoffs this season we finally spent some money, we finally got some big players, and the Cup just really wasn't a priority, especially with this early part of the season. There's been so many new signings even coming in well after opening day. Uh, and the coaching changed too. We had to go to Rick Schantz uh, for over a month as an interim head coach before Patrice Carterone just came in on Saturday. So, I mean, with all of this shuffling going on and struggling to find the right starting eleven. The cup always felt like a back burner for a lot of fans. Um, and so, especially because of how our schedule is lining up the next few weeks, we have three or four away matches coming up. Some really tough ones, too. Our only home match there is against Monarchs. So, yeah, I think for us it was just not as much of a priority. Maybe in the future we can make it more of a priority when we have better team depth and more stability. But, uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't the top of the list. So we, so I guess to answer the original part, no, that's not a successful season. And, we want to make the playoffs right now. And, and listen, you know, when I, as soon as I asked you that, I started thinking, oh my God, you had, you had all of these things happen. Um, you know, so of course this year with Drogba, with Yalop leaving, with, with all this other stuff, uh, with, with the, the momentum of the pop-up stadium and everything. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Like, why would you even think about that and in a way I think and I guess maybe we'll, we'll talk about this a little later too maybe directly after this but in a way are you guys kind of relieved that there's no other now? Absolutely uh, <laughs> actually me and my co-podcasters um, have made this point a couple times in recent weeks as disappointing as the loss was in round three uh, you know with a ton of games coming up 
Didier Drogba and another guy, Amadou Dia, who made USL Team of the Week this past week, that was their first match for our team. And then to have to play midweek against San Jose, and then you're getting into this really tough stretch of matches, it would have been a lot. So uh, I think we're all pretty relieved, actually, the way it worked out. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, at least, uh, with that original question is, I feel like if you've made it that far, um, you're getting a lot of benefits from it. Not only financial, because uh-huh. I don't know if you guys know this, uh-huh. but the, the farther you get into the cup, the bigger the cash prizes for the teams. Um, even the first couple of rounds uh, is a pretty good amount of money. Um, so the the fact that you're getting that, you're also getting notoriety, the, you know, kind of just making yourself established, and I feel like it draws a lot of people in to, to watch the club and to to maybe get fans who aren't normally watching because there's like, oh, it's just USL. But when you say you're playing DC, like we saw this, right. um, when we played DC at home in the US Open Cup a year ago or two years ago, um, it was a big deal uh, because it was an MLS club, club coming into the town. We sold out, it was a lot of fun. Like I feel like getting that atmosphere into the stadium did a lot and it helps a lot. So. I would actually prefer, if I was given the option of the two, I would take mm-hmm. the U.S. Open Cup, especially since, in the long run, if I didn't know the future, the Open Cup doesn't take up that much of the season. So there's a lot of, the USS, or the USL plays a lot of games. You have time to make up that those games. Um, mm-hmm. So you might mm-hmm. be taking a dip for you know a couple of weeks, but in the long run, the glory is better than the you know negatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and see, I'm going to go... Oh. No, go for it, because I'm just going <laughs> to talk finances, so it's, it's fine. You can, you can shoot up there. Go for it. Uh, I'm going to always go the opposite way. I, my priority is always going to be the league. I, the Cup is cool. I would love to, to make a run, and you know, the farthest we've gotten is... Uh, uh, you know, into the second MLS round, we you know beat Seattle, then went on and played uh, and lost in Portland. Uh, and, and you know the, the the money prize is a cool thing, and there's also you know the the possibility of a, a Concacaf Champions League spot if you win the whole thing. Uh, but to me, I'm I always want to win the league that we're playing in first, and everything else is going to be uh, uh, kind of a uh, not a secondary concern, but it's you know it's almost like a one in one A. Uh, and then the way this year worked out, like we had this insane schedule in May where uh, if you throw in our two Open Cup games, we played seven games. Uh, two of them were trips to Canada. One was a trip to Rochester, which is basically the other side of the lake from Canada. So it's <laughs> the, the back and forth would have, would have been crazy. Uh, we'd be, if we had won against Miami in the last round, we'd be going on to Orlando, which would be a huge distraction for everybody here. Uh, and then that would be the like stepping stone onto a th- another three game road trip we're taking after this. So uh, especially this year, just the, the timing wise, and, and we, we've seen it have an effect on the play. Part of it, I think, in my opinion, is the fact that we went with a smaller roster this year. We've got 22 guys uh, on the con- the contract right now, uh, whereas last year we had you know 28, 29, almost 30 at some points, uh, where it seemed like they wanted to kind of build up to make a run. But then at the same time, the, the gap between the, the regular starters and, and the bench guys were was a lot different than it was this year. Uh, so I'm always going to be league first over everything. Sure. Um, yeah, no, but uh, uh, Josh touched on a little bit. Matt, Matt, you brought up the, the kind of the other half. Uh, the winner of the, 
of the final outright gets two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which to uh, well, we'll just do this. Which to a lot of the USL teams is, is probably a good bit of money. Um, on top of that, if, if you're the the last team from your division, I think it is uh, standing, you get six thousand. Um, that's a little tricky this year, given that both NASL and USL are Division Two. So I don't know if it's the last team standing out of all those teams, or if it's just league by league basis. Um, and I guess we'll maybe find that out when it happens, but probably not. Uh, but there is, yeah, the uh, the Concacaf Champions League, which is like the UEFA Champions League, but it takes place in Concacaf, which is North America, Central America, and the Caribbean. Um, it's about the best way I can describe that. Uh, that being said, I mean, you know, from a, obviously Bethlehem, my team, hello, uh, can't compete because U.S. soccer couldn't figure out a way to, to roster cap open cup ties, but that's fine. Uh, we won five open cups in the early 1900s anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, the, the union for two years made it to the final, and, um, and that was the big thing. They, I mean, they lost both those games, thank you to Andrew Wenger. Um, for the first one, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where really if you're kind of like at that point in the season your coach kind of goes, uh, well let's win that thing, because that's a trophy and like if my goal this year is to win a trophy I can win that trophy um I don't know, yeah, that was, you know it's it's interesting to, to hear all you guys talk about it, especially um, you know, Dom we're kind of in the same boat with our club being just ridiculously young, and then to hear it from from Matt and Josh, where these teams have been around for, forever, um, you know, it's it's just really interesting. Um, that being said, when you guys saw the first round that USL would have played, which I think would have been the, the third round, um, when that fixture comes out every year. Do you get kind of, do you get a little giddy, or do you like, maybe we can make a deep run in this one, or do you know that you're cannon fodder and just kind of hope for for a good showing against, you know, some of these teams in, in higher-up places? For myself, I, I get excited for the games. I mean, especially the first couple rounds, it's kind of fun, because it's, it, well, okay, fun's the wrong word. First couple rounds, I get scared, because there's nothing more embarrassing than getting knocked out of the U.S. Open Cup from a amateur team. Uh, right. We had it happen last season, and I kind of attribute that to a large part why our coach got sacked. Because when you lose to a couple of construction workers who are smoking after the game before they get on the van <laughs> to go back home, you, you got to ask yourself, what are you doing? Um, so... <laughs> For that game, not excited, more kind of scared uh, because of the embarrassment that could happen. But then after that, it's it just, I don't know, the David and Goliath story. I mean, that's what America loves. We all love the, you know, underdog story. So the Open Cup is just like kind of built in underdog story after underdog story. Well, and I, I guess to kind of interject in there, um, and for, for context for people who are listening to this, you know, uh, when they're listening to it, um, Christos FC literally, like, just lost to DC United tonight, um, which, they might have a one-up on your story about smoking after the match, in that Christos FC does not <laughs> practice, and they are, in fact, ran by a liquor store. Um, Beautiful. They have managed to not only play DC United, but they were beating them for, like, half an hour. Um, I, I believe... 
uh, the best player on the pitch for this amateur team was a guy who uh, might currently be driving to work his night shift as an x-ray technician. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll echo that, Josh, in that, you know, if you are a USL team and you get beat by a bunch of guys whose, like, work might not give them personal time off to go play soccer, like, that's not, that's not great. Matt, what do you got? Uh, just real quick, going back to you, we were talking about the, uh, you know, so they obviously would have gotten the uh, the $6,000, whatever it is, bonus for. I, uh, I think they get it now anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, or they already got it I because mean, they were the, the only that, team that was in, like, the amateur. That money just goes right back into the liquor store so they can they can all go drink tonight <laughs> and have a good time. They lost, no. but they were the talk of the internet for, uh, you know, a week now. Right. Uh, and then it got all, even. All uh, 20 of us, right? Got even cra- yeah, it got even crazier <laughs> after the free kick goal. Right. And the uh, and the Tetris scoreboard, God, that was oh, that was good. Um, uh, yeah, well, no, I made the joke in that you know if they won that game, how would they celebrate with adult beverages? Because like, does it just come out of their inventory, or do they, <laughs> you know, like, do they go somewhere else and buy it to not mess up their numbers for the week? I don't know. Um, Dom, I, I guess angling towards towards you guys out in uh, in it's a dry heat. Um, <laughs> Uh, in Phoenix, <laughs> right in in Phoenix. That's what I yeah. The, the Southwest in Jetna. Uh, does the fan base? Okay, so if I were to walk up to somebody in the stadium and I would go U.S. Open Cup uh, without any context, other than I'm sorry, like what would they what would they say to me after they got past the point of confusion? No, I I actually think a large part of our fan base was pretty excited about it in the past. It's kind of fun because the local rivalry out here is with uh, FC Tucson, and I know they're, P- they're PDL, but we've played mm-hmm. them a couple times. It's pretty mm-hmm. pretty fun little matchup. And uh, a couple years ago, we actually got to round four against the Galaxy, uh, even winning that match at halftime. So it, it is kind of cool. I think, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys all play poker. It's kind of, you just, this, this cup was just a bad beat, just a series of bad beats for us. Like, the first match, we play away to Fresno, so it's just, um, as, um, I, I forget, not Matt, but uh, <laughs> Charles was alluding to, uh, you only have that embarrassment factor, and plus we had just brought in some new signings, so we win the game, whatever. But then we get a non-sexy round three matchup. It was like San Francisco Deltas, they're an mm-hmm. expansion team, so there's really not too much excitement there, there aren't really too many huge names on that team maybe Tommy Heineman but uh, and then it ends up being a really boring game to finally two goals in the last 10 minutes uh, to nod it at one and even even their goal was a bad beat goal it's a free kick that takes a deflection and goes in and then we're all excited about extra time the feed goes black for three minutes and unless you're at the stadium you don't get to see San Francisco score the winning goal the feed comes back and they're celebrating and that's the game like yeah. So of course I'm gonna feel a little bitter about it, you know? How could you not? Like at sure. that moment, all the emotions I was feeling—rage, frustration, confusion—and they don't even show a replay on the feed of the goal that knocks you out. I mean, that's crazy. So, I'm, it obviously is gonna be better in future years. I think this was just a string of bad beats because mm-hmm. even if we had won that match, we would have had to go away to San Jose, so we didn't get that sexy uh, MLS home match. Uh, even round three, the only reason we got the home match against them is there was actually something going on in Kieser Stadium that night. Mm. 
we lost three coin flips in a row, and the only reason we even got one home <laughs> game is because there was something going on over there. Uh, so, I mean, how do you get into it when you just kind of have that crap all going sure, on? Sure. So, Matt, uh, not, not, it's not always your year. Uh, Dom, you're not the only one bitter. You're not the only one bitter about that. Uh, I, I've been tracking the first couple rounds, and I'm pretty sure Tommy Heineman has scored more goals in this year's Open Cup than he did for us last year in his one year here in Tampa Bay. So, uh, <laughs> or then their whole team has scored in all their other matches. Yeah, pretty much. Oh man, oh. guys, I, I as much as I as I, I love bashing the NASL. <laughs> Ninety-nine percent of the time. Hello, Ryan Richter. I, I love you. Please come back. Um, I, I, I guess. Well, all right. In your defenses, I didn't say you couldn't individually bash players. So I'm playing with fire. Uh, fair play, Tommy Hyman. If you're listening to this podcast, I'll apologize. <laughs> um, but I do not speak for any of these three other individuals. I'll um, just. I mean, Josh, Tommy's a great guy. Don't. We talked to him last year. Uh, there you, you go. know, and it just didn't work out just like it never worked out when Corey Herzog was here or any number of guys oh. we seem to sign <laughs> to solve our scoring problems they can't score here and then as soon as they're gone they're lighting it up at their new teams Josh I think Matt said the, the magic phrase Corey Herzog so like, yeah yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad we have him I'm, he's not doing too hot right now but I'm, I'm pretty glad we have him but uh, no the so Dom you bring up a good point with uh the U.S. Open Cup one of the problems or I don't know some people don't think it's a problem more of a uh a fun little thing about the Open Cup is there. there's something about the U.S. Open Cup that just brings out crazy in American soccer. It, it, it seems like we always see technical difficulties. We see crazy mm-hmm. pitch invaders who complain about uh, the noise that, that the fans are making. <laughs> that, that actually happened this year. A, a mother who was angry that everyone was making noise uh, came on the field during the middle of the game and yelled at the refs that they had to be quiet. She was calling the cops, and then she called the cops. Um. <laughs> I need you to finish that story, sir. I need you to finish that story. What? So well, how, how does that even American happen? Soccer Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She, she so, called the police, and then yes. what, did they just go, yes, this is a soccer game, and then, like, leave? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't um, They calmed her down. Well, maybe the police aren't soccer guys. <laughs> they calmed her down. Uh, they <laughs> they informed her what was going on, what the Open Cup was. She obviously didn't care. Um, <laughs> and then the manager of uh, the stadium uh, walked over to the supporters and said, be as loud as you want to. <laughs> and, like okay. Everyone's like, hell yeah. And then right. th- th- she left, and she was angry, but there's nothing anything could be done about it i think it was like 9 p.m so it wasn't even like you know super super late or anything like that mm, um, past Sydney Orton, <laughs> so the, the point though is that the soccer in america has always had this thing where it feels like it's 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 not quite there yet and i feel like we've been saying in a couple of years in a couple of years um mm. it, it always does get better but it's just so small that it's it's hard to be patient enough to see it get better but one of the things I don't feel like has really gotten better is the U.S. Open Cup. And if teams are going to take this seriously, any of the teams all throughout the professional U.S. soccer, it's going to have to be a little bit more grand than it is right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like the I, only teams that would take it seriously are the smaller ones because it is kind of that Goliath story. Um, but the higher up you get in the soccer chain, the less people take it seriously. I, you don't see US, or MLS teams overcompensating that much for the U.S. Open mm-hmm. Cup compared to, like, other teams. I, I, I think you are right 
and I, this isn't even you being wrong. This is just kind of how it seems to work out every year. I, the, I, this, I guess this is the easiest way to say it. I, I think the MLS teams just kind of go through the motions until they get to the semis. That's fair. Yeah, I can see that. And then they go, oh, well, we win two more games. We get a trophy and we get some money and we get a, a spot in the in the Champions League. Um, but yeah, I, you know, listen, it's probably hard. I'll, I'll, I'll use a... I only know what I see, so I'll use an example of, of, of what I know. It's probably really hard for the Union guys to get to get revved up for a game against the fucking Harrisburg City Islanders, <laughs> as opposed to the Harrisburg City Islanders, who are still really bitter that the Union went, "Hey, you should move to Bethlehem," and they said no. Um, so it's one of those things where, like, the Union couldn't care less about what the, the Harrisburg City Islanders do because you know they have Bethlehem now, and it's you know whatever um but harrisburg gets revved up for for the open cup matches and even i think sometimes you see it where and, and it seemed to be a string where like a bunch of ex-union guys would score against bethlehem early on in the season and i got really freaked out uh but that's that's totally off topic matt i care to jump in here yeah it's i was uh, they might start taking you seriously around the quarterfinals but yeah it's, and it's not just i don't think a, a case of of the mls sides not taking it seriously but i don't think that u.s soccer takes it seriously enough either yeah. with their you know could their, not their agree coin more. flips and draws that uh uh no one's there to uh to to witness or anything like that mm. uh so and that goes that's another reason why i go back to my whole thing about i'll always put the league first when when they start to make it as big of a deal as it probably could be uh and i, I feel like i'm you know getting into you know tinfoil uh pr territory over here by saying <laughs> if, you just, if you just do it it'll be great um but it's hard for me to get invested. I mean, like our first round game was against the Jacksonville Armada U23. So I went to it, uh, watched it, and, and, you know, we ran out a lineup with probably six or seven changes, partially because of who we're playing, partially because uh, of how many games we've been playing uh, this month already, or back in May. Uh, you know, and it was, you know, two-something, I think, at halftime, or 2-0 two, at halftime, 2-1, whatever it was. Uh, and, it, you know, it's basically over. And so your first game, you just don't want to lose. Uh, then you start playing some of the teams. You know, we went and played Miami this year, and, and Miami was a team we played in, in ASL last year. So it was kind of cool to, to play them again because we don't see them any other time. Uh, but everyone was kind of looking forward to, well, if we beat them, we can go to Orlando. And it's like, hey, you know, Miami's actually got a pretty good team, and they put out a pretty regular lineup, and we put out a right. pretty regular lineup and right. lost the game one nothing uh, or 2 nothing late on a really weird little situation. Uh but it, you know, when when it, when it's treated important from the top down, I think you'll start to see the bottom up mm-hmm, take it more mm-hmm. seriously too. So, so that's I'll, so true. I'll kind of do a, a two prong thing. I think Matt, the, the Rowdies themselves as an organization are in the perfect spot in terms of the regional thing because they've literally played in in okay, not MLS, but every other league. You know where a lot of those other Florida teams are coming up from USL and joining MLS, like Orlando City, where, you know, okay, you guys played Miami FC because you were in NASL, and you have a history with Orlando City because, you know, you were both in lower levels of the point. Whereas for, I think, a lot of us, you know, with, with the Union and, and even, you know, at Bethlehem, where we still can't get acknowledgement from the other two Pennsylvania clubs that were rivals, call, call. Um, oh, man. 
Uh, all right, fair. Um, you know, but but uh, but for for Pittsburgh, where it's like, all right, well, who's you know within a couple hours of them? That's not Columbus. And for for Phoenix, it's okay. You guys are playing a lower level team, but none of these MLS teams are going to care if you, if you play them because they're going to stop you. Um, I, I think you guys are in the perfect position in terms of you actually don't like any other team that's in your region to the point where like it always made me laugh and, and now it's even funny where in Orlando City B's first home game I'm sure you don't forget this either um, they put your name on a skull with a lion crushing it just yeah in case you forgot <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, which I thought was weird then and I still think is a little weird now um so the, the sorry the question I want to get out of this is with all the games streaming on US Soccer and Dom with your example of the stream dropping out so you couldn't see your team get eliminated basically which would be like if uh, you know Steph Curry hit a, a game winning three last night and the feed just dropped internationally um, or, or, or no replay just, either even just with how hard it is to get these games to stream on your laptop. Like, we come from a league, by the way, for people that may not be familiar, where all of our games stream on YouTube. And, like, that's our big thing. So, I guess, you know, Dom, since you're the guy that experienced it firsthand, I'll, I'll let you start. But, you know, um, it, is the lack of availability frustrating? And then, I guess, how would you go about changing that if, if you could? I mean... Yeah, the lack of ability can be frustrating. Uh, not all games are streamed live, although I think most are. I think both of ours were. Um, but here's the biggest thing, and this goes back to Matt's point about it not being taken seriously enough by U.S. soccer. You know, we always try to compete against Mexico in the CONCACAF Champions League, mm. and their teams tend to stomp us. Uh, maybe they the fact that they actually care a lot more about Copa MX and the mm. fact that it gets international coverage that that's a huge deal, uh, and I couldn't tell you who won the last... I can tell you that Chivas won the last Copa MX. I can't tell you okay. who won the last U.S. Open Cup. Right on. That's pretty fucking sad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, we need to take it more seriously, and maybe a way to do that is start putting one or two matches each time on ESPN3. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. occasionally put one on FS2, because talk about uh, the FA Cup. The FA Cup, Sutton United got matches on Fox right. Sports 2 in America. Right. Right. That's th that's a team that doesn't even draw as much as uh, Rowdies or or Rising mm -hmm. or a lot of teams over here in lower division. So the fact that they can get all of that TV money and we can't get any of our games on TV, maybe the final is on or semis or something. But uh, yeah, I mean there is a lot of potential like Matt's saying, but unless people start taking it seriously. Uh, so, and like a good example of this, tomorrow is actually going to be pretty interesting because out west, um, the Galaxy are playing LAFC's uh, minor league side in USL, Orange mm -hmm. County. Yep. And, since, um, and since LAFC doesn't start, start up till next year, this is going to be the unofficial first derby match. Uh, you've already seen a lot of LAFC supporters uh, they got into a graffiti war last week. Uh, that was kind of wow. interesting. <laughs> um, they they already have like six or seven supporters groups that have formed. Uh, so that would be a really fun match to watch and just to see it mm -hmm. on an FS2 mm -hmm. or or mm -hmm. even uh, even like Goal TV or BN Sport sure. or something like sure. that. And we just aren't going to have that happen. It'll be a great atmosphere probably, and no one's going to see it. 
Well, and, and so I'll, I'll interject. One, the final of the Open Cup runs on ESPN. Uh, the semis do okay. not, I don't think, but the final itself does. Um, which, you know, even then might even be just, a, you know, MLS going, hey, do you want to, or U.S. soccer probably just packages it in with the, with the men's national team matches anyway. I mean, there's, there's like Portland-Seattle tomorrow. There's the New York right. battle. Like, we, right. we have some and juicy matchups. I, I I totally back what you're saying. And I even think, honestly, if you just put it on, on a bunch of YouTube channels, like if you could figure out a way to split the cast and, and have it on the Galaxy's YouTube and, and LAFC, if they have a social media presence, you know, that does video other than, than Twitter maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you might be getting a little... And again, like, I don't, you know, this isn't a fault of yours, but, you know, it might be a little overzealous to say, well, there needs to be a match every round that's on on ESPN or on FS2, because, like, I don't want to see, you know, the Tartan... No, 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 like, no, no, like, anything, round but, like, of 32, you know, yeah. Um, but I think you're right, like, there's literally a Cascadia Cup Derby, the, the one that people care about and the one that actually produces good games tomorrow, and, and no one, well... And for as much as MLS likes to manufacture rivalries, the fact that no one's jumped on that one is is mind-boggling to me. Just to, to kind of echo what you're saying, but uh, even if it's not on TV, if it they got to make these games seem they got to put a lot of pomp and circumstance around these games. Mm-hmm. I want to see announcers. I want to see you know people a panel of people discussing it before the game, all that kind of stuff. That, that's really what we need. We need more discussions around the game, more mm-hmm. background information, why it's important, why you should care about it. Um, like Cincy versus Columbus, how you know, the first time they're playing and all this stuff and like that could be huge that could be blown up into something major um if they you just give that information to people and you kind of like i don't feel like that should be on the fans to do um which is what it feels like right now like people like us like talking about on a podcast yeah i feel like it needs to be (laughs) it needs to be the league doing it or in this case the u.s open cup doing it and and you're you're hitting it dead on I was going to say, when you were mentioning Cincy and Columbus, I was like, I didn't really tell anybody why that game mattered so much, because I'm literally just talking to the three of you, and I think all, all four of us know how big of a deal it is that Columbus, who's this, you know, first first wave uh, MLS side, is playing, you know, kind of uh, new money in this weird, like, soccer version of the Great Gatsby in Ohio. Yeah. Um, which sounds terrible, because it all revolves around Skyline Chile. Um, Bad radio. <laughs> right, right. Formerly right. from Ohio, uh, so I completely uh, agree with you. Um, <laughs> hey, thanks. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out who Daisy is in this uh, scenario. Uh, <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Lamar Hunt? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, it's always Don Garber. Oh, that's my bad. Always. You're right. Yeah. Always. He's the bachelor. He's Daisy from Great Gatsby. He's he's both brothers in the prestige. Anyway, I'm spoiling movies now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's not Dayton? Uh, no, but uh, uh, I totally agree. Even, like, so, and and I would love if whoever, I, I don't remember your name, I don't know your name, whoever runs the U.S. Open Cup Twitter, if you find this, please identify yourself. I think you're one gentleman who doesn't work for U.S. Soccer, that runs the whole damn thing. Um, and, and this guy, is that is that is it Josh? Does he have a name? Hockla? Or Hock, I can't ever say his last name. Oh, that's right. Okay, so it's Josh. It's Josh. Okay. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the cup.us guy? But then, 
Yeah, yeah, we kind of wanted to talk to you, but then figured you weren't necessary, and now we're talking about you. Great, yay. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, but it's literally just one dude who does all of the, like, he, he retweets and somehow finds all these tweets about these matches, and, you know, has people uh, give him live updates from games, like, unofficially, and it's one of those things where if U.S. soccer even just reached out to local members of the media, like, you know, I hate doing this, like myself, or like Matt, or, 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 or Josh, or Dom, or, or any one of us, and said, hey, there's an open cup match that's, you know, 20, 30 minutes from Phoenix. Can you get there? Can you give us updates? That would even help make it more realistic. Matt, here's where you come in and tell me something. And I go, oh, I'm uh, no, actually, I was going to say okay, something really right. along those lines. Uh, pull back the curtain a little bit, because I've done some work with Josh on the Cup.us in rounds this year. Uh, I mean, basically, they, they do a lot of stuff like, like we do with BGM, where they run it out of Slack, and... Uh, Links are posted here and there, and you've got different groups taking over the, the Twitter at different times to post uh, updates and stuff and, and do match reports. Um, but, you know, when you were talking before about, you know, trying to get more, more you know, get, get this more in the face of the media, uh, and I just, it just kind of popped my head, you know, everyone's been uh, throwing around ideas for what U.S. soccer should do with this uh, magical $100 million war chest. If they went out and used some of that money and, and did a mix of, you know, some kind of professional setup, but with guys like Josh, who has this established kind of a system here, uh, mm-hmm. or again, like you said, hate to like you know interject ourselves into this, but sure. for us out there, people yeah. who are at least experienced with it and and and, and have a background, a, a position to talk about it, mm-hmm. uh, that you, you could generate some interest maybe that way. Well, and and so I, I think because right now, oh oh no, and this is this was like maybe the worst thing they could have done. U.S. soccer has $100 million, and they don't know what to do with it. There you go. Um, I, I've, I've seen a lot of people kind of throw around, oh, well, you know, wouldn't that offset the travel for a lot of these, these amateur teams, and, and couldn't you do away with the regional system in the U.S. Open Cup? And, and well, what about promotion and relegation? All that nonsense. But I think, Matt, I like your idea better in that if you just kind of make even, like, the third and fourth round where you have all the, the, the pro teams playing each other and you get some of these like early MLS matches and you just go, hey, here's, you know, $15,000 or $5,000 so that you can just pay someone to film the damn thing in HD or something. Right. You know, or, or, or take photos or, or, you know, give one of us $200 for being great at our jobs. That would be awesome. <laughs> um <laughs> But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I don't think you throw $100 million at the U.S. Open Cup. Because no. I think there's so many other things you could do that would, that would benefit U.S. soccer as a whole, you know, more. But at the same time, yeah, it, you know, make people care early on so when it gets to the final, you know, you can walk up to someone at this, you know, say it's, uh, it's FC Dallas and... and at, uh, New York Red Bull or something in the final, and you can walk up to any fan and you go, who did you beat to get here? And they could rattle it off. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that's how that works now. Do you think if they were to Probably do this, whatever, oh, everything we're saying with you know making it more pomp and circumstance, putting panels around the, the games, would your teams, or would you want to see your teams go farther in the cup, or would you still favor the USL trophy over the U.S. Open Cup trophy. You're I mean, always going to favor the league, right? Yeah. I'm always going to favor the league, but, you know, if we had won two weeks ago in Miami, I'd be driving to Orlando tomorrow to go to the game. I'm not going to lie about it. Mm-hmm. it. It'd be a, a great thing to go to. 
but in the back of my head, like I always want to win the league. It doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other, I guess. I mean, that's just, you know, the no. way we're kind of positioning it. I right. guess another question is, do you, do you see value in playing bigger teams? Like, for me, like, I having D.C. come into Pittsburgh and play and seeing the stadium sell, sold out and seeing the hype around it was great. Um, so I do value that. But do you think these bigger clubs that are in USL, like the Rowdies, um, do, do you guys really care if you're playing a USL or an MLS team? Or do you think your fans care is that much? Uh, I mean, just from a personal opinion, I mean, I think it's a good thing. It's a good experience for one hand to, to, to play some of these teams. And we have some experience because we have teams that come down here in the preseason and do training and stuff like that. So they've got a little bit of exposure to that already. But it also, I think, it exposes uh, some of these lower division clubs to uh, some of the, maybe some of the players maybe who might be fringe players on some of these bigger teams and might be thinking about making a move uh, somewhere where they could get more playing time, and now they get a chance to see kind of up close what these facilities might be like, what the uh, the, the the atmosphere is like, what the coaching staffs and things like that are like. Because uh, we've talked to players that have come in here from uh, from MLS, uh, and then, and sometimes we hear it say, you know, watching you guys play in Open Cup or talking to guys who have played against you guys, we got an idea of what it was about. Uh, and they could just be saying, you know, platitudes to, uh, to, to, you know, sound nice on the, on a fan podcast, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I almost think it's a two way street. And Matt, is uh, is there any way that your answer to that question this year is different because you put in an MLS bid? Uh, is it one of those things, I guess I'll rephrase it to be a little bit nicer. Is it one of those things where, you know, you play in Orlando City or you play, you know, in a, in a dream world, I guess, like in Atlanta United or anybody right. kind of up that, that seaboard? Do you go, well, we, we beat them in this, so we're that level, so, like, let us in your league? Uh, to me personally, not really, but I, I, I've definitely seen that from some of the fans. that You know, it's, mm. it's oh, let's go there and beat Orlando because, number one, we – we could beat Orlando number two. Uh, it's like somehow they think it's like a magic ticket if we go beat Orlando. Then it's like a, a rubber stamp on the, uh, the it's like a like process. a weird. This is a joke for four people basically. It's like a weird Detroit City thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dom Garber <laughs> just kind of like, his eyebrow raises up. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you come yeah. play in my sandbox now. Mm, right, yeah, right. So I mean, I, I've definitely seen that 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 mentality with with some of the fans. And, you know, with your hardcore fans, maybe a little bit, but you definitely tend to get uh, bigger crowds, and it's, it's out there a little bit more in the media and in the, uh, the, maybe some of the casual fans. Oh, there's an MLS club. I've, I've heard of this team before coming sure. here. I'm going to go see sure. that guy. Uh, or they've got a player that used to be local to here or something. So, yeah, it, 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 it does have an impact that way, I think. Yeah, no. and, uh, I mean, look, I, I – as, as frustrating as this year was for our our squad, uh, if we had gotten the chance to play up in San Jose, that could have been a huge publicity boost with Didier Drogba traveling up there with the team. A lot of Bay Area reporters, probably even some LA press goes up to cover this because Didier Drogba is coming to town. And it, it is just good PR. But uh, And then as, as, as far as fans are concerned, of course you want to take down an MLS team. That's something we have not done in our brief history. Um so of course people would have been excited about that um but it it also and this is a little different from matt's point uh and you know sorry if you guys think this is a condescending way to look at it but our our ownership group has a lot of money 
and yeah. we feel very confident about our bid ticket. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> you don't say. Love you guys, but our ownership people, group has a lot of money. <laughs> for, for people that maybe don't understand why the rest of us burst in laughter when you said that, would you mind maybe not listing off all 900 people that own your club? But maybe just like, you know, two or three that we would have heard of. Maybe in particular one that like might have been married to Ashley Simpson at one point. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, there are a couple people in that ownership group. Uh, so our CEO, Burke Wakai, is the uh, CEO of Kona Grill. Um, the big name is Diplo. I think that's the one everyone knows. <laughs> uh, Brandon McCarthy, uh, Major League Baseball pitcher for the Dodgers. Uh, and then I even know like some of the ones that like to stay under the radar brad johnson um they're all really good people very accessible uh david rapaport but yeah they are uh they're all coming into this with a real unambiguous goal of getting to mls and so you know if we take some lumps here or there on the field especially in the cup it's not as big of a deal as it might be at another club and mm -hmm. that's just kind of how it is you know <laughs> i don't yeah, yeah. we would definitely love to beat galaxy or Rail Salt Lake, but it it's maybe not a season highlight as much as it could be for another club. Do you forget the Colorado Rapids by choice or because everyone else does too? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as because everyone else does too. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because no one's there tonight. Uh, I, I guess, you know, um, guys... In closing, I guess I'll just go down the line, and if you have anything else, feel free to, to talk about it, whether or not it's it's Dominic going, we have Didier Drogba, watch my team, or, or you know, anything like that. I mean, we have uh, Omar Bravo missing from mm. six feet out, too. Watch <laughs> our team. True. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll and go. And Yeah, well, it's wrong. Yeah. Late yeah. block Drogba, I mean, you can't go wrong yeah. there, unless no, you're on no, turf. No. And then he's right. not going to play. Um, <laughs> oh, man. No, we secretly invited you on. To talk From to the Raptors. Uh, <laughs> I have a deep-seated hatred for Drogba. I'm sorry. I just, I've never liked the guy. <laughs> Arsenal fan? Uh, no, it's more just watching him play in Columbus uh, during the uh, last season's uh, mm -hmm. playoff run. Um, and he did the whole okay. leg, leg lock against our uh, goalkeeper. Yeah, anyway. Um... <laughs> What I was going to say is, uh, so Dom kind of brought up a good point there with a lot of these t clubs, uh, actually, ironically, with, you know, uh, the Rowdies and also Arizona, they're making these moves to be in MLS. So I, I feel like with them, they see MLS as the goal, and they're going to be there eventually. Whereas with my club, with the Riverhounds, I don't feel like we're really trying to be more than USL. We, we like the USL. USL is where we fit. So the only time we're going to be playing these clubs, these MLS clubs, is in something like the US Open Cup um, or friendlies and that kind of stuff. So it, it's a little bit bigger of a deal, at least, at least I feel like, to us because that's our chance to you know play these Goliath teams. Whereas some of these other clubs, yeah, they feel like they're, they're going to get there eventually anyway. So it doesn't really mm -hmm. matter as much. At least that's how it feels to me. Uh, I don't. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know what the what the answer is, but the the regional system I think is is starting to uh, take a toll on this. 
Uh, and now it's simple for someone like me sitting here in Florida. Like you said, we've got all these. You've got PDL. You've got USL. You've got NASL. Mm-hmm. You've got MLS clubs kind of all over mm-hmm. the place. Mm-hmm. And you can get anywhere in the state in about four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so it's kind of easy for me to sit and kind of, kind of complain about that. But when you see some of these lower clubs in, uh, in other areas of the country where they're still having to travel um, and, and, and still meeting up with some of the same teams every year, it's, you know, it's... Uh, I think that's having an impact on it. I don't know the way to fix it. Uh, I kind of have this idea in the back of my head that the, uh, the, the when you're still playing some of the uh, the amateur and semi pro clubs, if, if uh, instead of doing a coin flip to see where who goes where, do a uh, give the lower uh, team the right of refusal to host mm-hmm. uh, in case there's a conflict mm-hmm. with the facility. Because I think you you build more excitement when these uh, bigger clubs have to go in there, and then once you get to some of these, you know, where you get the the pro on pros whether it's uh, NASL versus USL or, or either one versus MLS, then you can start kind of uh, doing some of these coin flips and, and things like that. But uh, let's try and find a way to mix this up a little bit so it's not mm-hmm. the same thing every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and to, to, to kind of go off of the regional thing and, and, and maybe a little bit of perspective, at least from the, from the side where it's not as easy to get everywhere. Um, Josh, from... Pittsburgh to we'll call it Philadelphia is is six hours ish mm-hmm. with no traffic. Yeah. Um, from Pittsburgh to Columbus is is what four? It's about four hours, yeah. Yeah, so so it's one of those weird things where I would you know I it would be really cool if the Union, for example, played the Riverhounds one year in the Open Cup instead of Harrisburg, but there's no way to kind of interchange, you know, like you wouldn't have the 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 crew play Harrisburg and, and the union play Pittsburgh because, you know, two of those teams would just end up kind of, kind of crisscrossing each other in some capacity. Um, so Matt, I, I like your idea on paper, but I think the more you, you kind of start to, you know, well, actually, you know, this scenario is when it gets a little, a little frustrating. Right. I think another solution to it, wouldn't it be so much making the travel on the club's dime if U.S. Open Cup were to pay for that travel, you know, and actually pay for an airplane, you know, instead of these clubs having to travel by, you know, essentially a rented car (laughs) from rent a car, you know, that's where it's at right now. So if they were to be able to, you know, just hop, skip over in a plane, it wouldn't be a Mm -hmm. big deal. Um, in in the long run, it doesn't cost as much as you think. (laughs) Right, right, right. Dom, your your final thoughts, do you have any? Sure. Um, Going back to that geography point, uh, that's a really good one. Um, And just the way that the soccer landscape is right now, I mean, there aren't any really close teams to, uh, to Phoenix Rising right now. There's FC Tucson, which is kind of fun, but if you're not drawn with them, and by the way, even Tucson is like an hour 40 south of uh, Phoenix. So if you're not drawn with them, then you have our, our route, which was away to Fresno, which no one's going to travel there. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a dig at Fresno, too. I don't know if any of you have been there. but um, And then, you know, round three, we're home against San Francisco, but that's not really much of a rivalry. And then even if, even if we had gotten to the next round, it's San Jose, which is a you know, like two hour flight. So no one's going to go there either. Um, mm-hmm. The only, the only teams you kind of could have rivalries with, I think where people would travel are the SoCal teams. But even then those uh, just the way the regional structure is set up, they're playing a lot of local amateur teams just because Southern California is such a soccer hotbed. They kind of all play each other 
and we kind of have to deal with other regions. So it just doesn't quite work out. Um, and I don't know what you can do about that. So, and then that gets into why the cup just hasn't really taken off as much for our club as with other ones. Yeah. Um, well, guys, I guess, uh, thank you for guinea pigging a little bit on the, uh, <laughs> on the first episode of, uh, of a BGM round table. Um, I, I, this is the point where I want to plug everybody. I, I would start by plugging where you'd find this episode, but Mike never told me slash I never asked where it was going to end up. So I don't know if it's going to be like under the ECC pop-up. People find it. I can give you the answer to that. Um, it, uh, well, you know, we'll just we'll figure it out. <laughs> and then when people are hearing it at the end, they'll be like, hey, this is funny because I'm listening to it. Uh, the idea uh, is to have it posted on all the streams, uh, at least this, this inaugural episode. It, so it will be on all your Everybody's streams. individual. Yeah. All right, cool. So basically what that means is... is uh, is it's more accessible your... than the U.S. Open Cup streams. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, using your favorite podcast provider, if you don't already, um, it, this will show up on ECC Pod. It'll show up on Unused Sub. It'll show up as Rising as One. It'll show up on, on uh, Mongols. Why do I have so much trouble remembering the name of the podcast? Anyway, uh, <laughs> it started this whole thing. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it, listen, if you, if you listen to one of us or all of us or none of us, which – Thank you, thank you, and I understand. Um, it'll, it'll, <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, I'll start, and since I'm selfish, I'll plug myself. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, I, I'm, the, I'm the resident Bethlehem Steel guy uh, on, on brotherlygame.com. You can find me on Twitter at, at, uh, at Valella. It's me as in Victor, I-L-L-E-L-L-A-B-S-F-C. Uh, also, at ECC Pod, I do a podcast that covers the Eastern Conference of, of the USL because I can't be bothered to care about the Western side of things. I don't live there. Um, and all of it's going to be underwater in like 10 years anyway. Um, with, uh, with Brendan Doherty and Ryan Allen, give it a listen. We're, we're crazy and really sporadic with our uploads. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, and I'll just go down the line. Matt, if people want to learn more about the Tampa Bay Rowdies as well as, I'll just plug it, a, a really, really cool um, uh, uh, nonprofit you guys kind of have set up with the Human Rights Campaign. Um, and all that fun stuff. Uh, where can they go and where, where can they interact with you guys? Uh, we're on Twitter. The uh, the main podcast account is at Unused Subs Pod, and that's our, it's also our Instagram and our Snapchat. I have younger people that work on that for me. Uh, Facebook as well. Uh, I'm uh, at under, uh, unsub underscore Matt. I, I refuse to make it easier and take the underscore out. Uh, and then we're, uh, we'll be on tomorrow night at 8 o'clock uh, live on, it's called Radio St. Pete's online radio station, and then it goes out later on our uh, podcast feed, and we're going to have what you're talking about. Um, Austin Deleuze is a, a NASL player with North Carolina FC uh, talking about his, uh, his uh, organization called Playing for Pride. Uh, that he started up, and we uh, I talked to him a little bit earlier today for about ten minutes or so, and he's gonna uh, it'll be on tomorrow night while uh, magically while he's playing uh, in the Open Cup uh, <laughs> against Houston Dynamo. This is this is the magic he, of the cup. We're gonna make it happen. Right, you have him. I was gonna say you have him live mic during the game, uh, so he's in, you're interviewing him while he's playing, literally. Uh, so the audio I have, I have a little, bad, but you know, I have a little mic he could use actually. There you go. <laughs> he has a little go. GoPro as uh, well, so you can see his point of oh, view. Yes. It's great. Right, right. Oh man, uh, Dominic, if if people want to learn more about Phoenix Rising or maybe uh, talk about how I don't know, mad decent you guys are, where can they where can they do that, <laughs> and where can they find you personally on Twitter? 
Well, that's a nice little, this is a little punny. Yeah, right, uh, right. So our, our, uh, we are at Rising Pod on Twitter, and I am at capital D O M K forty nine. So not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay, great. All right, that's fine. Figure I, it I out. Wondered. Figure it out. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, that, that's that's where I'm at. That's where the uh, the podcast is at, and we have episodes every week. We're actually going to try doing a live one this Sunday. And another thing too, uh, this isn't directly affiliated with our podcast, but this is just something that any listeners should check out. Uh, a really great initiative that just started for this past Saturday's match. It's called Rising in America. You should check out their Facebook page. And it's basically um, Phoenix Rising fans giving away tickets or buying tickets for refugee children. Um, you know, giving them a chance to go to games um, and then just try to send a message to the page. Uh, I know none of you guys have tickets, but maybe if you could support it in any way, uh, just message them for that. Uh, very cool initiative. I'm trying to give some of mine as the season moves along. But there's actually a pretty big wait list. So, uh, so that's another cool thing. Wow. I, I didn't know this was going to turn into plug a really cool thing that's happening with your club, but it totally is. I, I am not. That is totally Well, fine thanks, Matt. Me. Those are both amazing. Um, I, Josh, because I, I, I'm struggling to kind of figure out something on my end. But uh, if you want to talk about uh, you know, who you are, where you're from, um, if you've ever backed Go fund me for a new logo, maybe? Months, <laughs> oof, uh, oof. Ouch. No, not okay. yet. All right. Well, well. Uh, it's been, what is it, a <laughs> couple hundred days since our last incident. So uh, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to yeah. check the chalkboard we have. Sure. There's like a little right. sign outside the exactly. stadium. It's, it's been... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They make Since Romeo. Sparta. They, they make Romeo make the tally, and they're like, "Remember, remember what you did." <laughs> don't do it um, again. So yeah, man. if you don't know, uh, I co-host a podcast all about the Riverhounds. It's a weekly show. You can follow us on Twitter at Mongols. Uh, email us at mongols at bgn.fm. And if you're looking for more great soccer podcasts, head on over to the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. He's a pro. Uh, I always forget to plug the network, so I'm glad you did. I do too. Um, I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm like, I just have I? Mike's notes up from the regular show we do, so I just kind of uh, highlighted his notes. See, it's, it's my <laughs> I have so my notes and I still forget to do it. <laughs> right. My thing is, I'm you, always You guys like, got to follow our lead. We just have a little clip at the beginning, and then I don't have to think about it uh, ever. Damn it. You're pre-recorded so smarts. My thing is, I'm like, why do I have so many emails from Mike in my inbox? And, and then it hits. Uh, no, I will say, um, even if you guys like don't care about soccer, which why did you get all the way through this podcast? <laughs> uh, this that Gatsby reference golf? got him. <laughs> the, the, the Gatsby reference got him. The back kick thing, they're like, I don't know what that is. That sounds cool. Um, uh, donate to the Human Rights Campaign. Help out the refugees. God damn it. Uh, this is, we're so screwed. Anyway. Uh, but just, you know, be... Jesus, if nothing else, just be kind to each other. Because, God damn it, everyone needs it. I'm going on a tangent. Anyway, uh, on behalf of Matt, on behalf of Dom, on behalf of Josh, uh, I, I've been Evan Wall. You've listened to the, the first, and, and hopefully not the last, because this is a hell of a good time, uh, roundtable podcast for, for BGN.FM about the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed. Please give us feedback, because we want to know if this is worth the time or not. Um, and then, if you guys have any ideas in terms of stuff that we should do, 
I, I was talking to Josh before we went on air, and I think doing like a, a USL Independence versus a USL MLS 2 team kind of thing would be interesting. But um, if anyone has any suggestions in terms of things that we should do with, with the entire network, that would be totally great. Um, thank you guys so, so much for listening. We Thanks to, uh, to Dom, Josh, and Matt for all being on. And uh, I guess have a good night, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, guys. See ya. Later. Peace.